What's happening, troops? Welcome to the third episode of A Little House in the Prairies podcast. Uh, this week, we have a very, very special guest, one of my good mates, the man, the myth, the legend, co-owner of Close Contact TV and professional palm tree shaker. We'll get Stephen Taggart. How's it going, mate? Going good. It's going good. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm buzzing for this. Really, really looking forward to it. Mate, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It feels like forever since you were out here roaming the prairies with me, but... I'm sure we'll make it happen soon. I know, man. It's been what, like, f- four years or something? That's crazy. Like, it actually, feel nuts. Like four years that's, at all. Like, I was checking my memories and stuff uh, when you were over here, and it feels like it was only a year or two ago. I mean, easily, yeah, yeah. Like, mind you, nuts. August. I'm coming up on seven years living here. That's the fucking. That's the most mental thing to me. Like seven years. It it feels like two days ago I was still at Greenwood, cutting about just being a mad bamper. But, yeah. I know. Like, what's that then? Like, we left school like what six years ago. Like, that's that's madness. Like, actually, it's crazy. It's crazy. I can't, like, it was funny because it was saying like the stories and stuff, and it was obviously this time, what four years ago that I was over. So just constantly they just pop up, and it's like, all right, okay, we were out in Fernie with the boys, and then like I went back out to, to like like Louise and stuff, and then we'd just be like cutting about. And it's just, it's mad, it's, it's really mad, just, I can't believe it's been that long. You were out here and you ended up even making it out to a festival here as well that I didn't even go to, you just abandoned me and just went to a festival and I was like, I was gutted that I couldn't go, but at the same time it looked banging, it looked like a yeah, good time. it was such a weird one, honestly I, I couldn't even tell you what festival it was and like I went out with, it was like Becker and Brandon and Miguel and stuff. And they were like, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, 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 might as well. And we ended up, we were we were in Lake Louise and stuff, and, and they came out and saw me. And we drove out then to this festival, stayed in stayed in this like Airbnb, this massive, massive house, and there was like eight of us. And yeah, we were just at this festival. Like, it's crazy, like, it's totally different to what we're used to back home. Like, there's just this massive arena, and like, it was like proper EDM and stuff. Like, it wasn't even like techno and the kind of music that we're usually into. It was like EDM stuff, like, um, oh, what's his name with the... Like, uh, is it Alan, uh, Alan Fitzgerald, is it? No? No, no, Alan Fitzgerald's a techno don. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, fuck, what's his name? Just, like, that kind of style, though, like, proper EDM, and they, they wear all the bands, and, and that kind of stuff, and it was amazing, it was such a good weekend. Like, uh, dubstep and fucking, uh, what's yeah. it, like, <laughs> drum and bass and stuff like that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's all about like, the light show and they put on like some performance, like the visuals and stuff were insane, like actually next level. Well, that's kind of um, what I'm trying to do not, here. Like, it's like you've obviously got all that kind of music here, but I'm trying to put a wee bit more of a spotlight on the kind of things that we have back home with your techno and your house and uh, the kind of big productions that is over there and more present in Europe and maybe I suppose Toronto, New York, Miami, places like that in North America. Um, I know you've obviously got your own thing going on over there and you've been doing all your kind of shows. What do you think the difference is in terms of production, if any, with the your kind of shows where you're doing house techno and you're doing your sets compared to the big productions that EDM that we see at some of the festivals over here? I think it's very much to do with the audience and, and, and obviously what you're trying to do. like the, the kind of stuff that Daniel and I are hoping to put on um, the kind of stuff we've got planned for later on in the year is it's very minimal um, and it kind of goes back to the roots and it was interesting your, your kind of first podcast with Nathan um, the, the kind of underground stuff and the illegal kind of going back to that illegal rave kind of thing and the idea that we want to do is put kind of um, events on in places that events shouldn't happen and it's 
that's that's what I want to do, and it's not more about the kind of show. It's not about the lights. It's not putting on this kind of amazing feature with this big like LED screen in the background, and it's all about the visuals. Whereas I think a lot more in, in like obviously awakenings that, that you've been to, and some of these kind of bigger places, like even the CDM one that we're talking about that was in uh, in Edmonton. Um, that kind of stuff is more to do with the audience and they're not necessarily there for the music or the artist and, and I'm not trying to disparage or anything like that against some of the amazing artists that, that are playing but the audience there are wanting to go for some sort of show whereas some of the events that we're going to try and put on it's going to be a, a far less kind of capacity it's only going to be two to three hundred people and it's kind of bringing back that that whole underground scene and it's funny some of the boys that we've been talking to and we've been kind of chatting with and building up a relationship with um like down in down in england down in manchester they've got a lot more of a scene for it and uh they've they've been having these kind of illegal raves and they've been going to the, the kind of warehouses and having these mad um kind of underground parties which is which is what it kind of dr- like uh comes from you know obviously Detroit and the, the original roots of it um, and it's, it's been funny it's been funny chatting to them and they as we said like they've they've got they've got that scene whereas we don't have that as much over up here but as soon as you try and put something like that on the, the police are on you in a in a second um, so I'm, I'm keen to, to find out how they how they do it because they've, they've done they've done at least like four or five over this kind of lockdown period over the last year and they've managed to get away with it some of them they haven't um, a, couple, a couple of boys we've been talking to like they they did one in this like this small town and the whole place got shut down and it sounded it sounded nuts it really really did but yeah that that's kind of that's why I'd say the differences between between some of these kind of bigger festivals and I suppose you've got the space out there as well you know you've got acres and acres of land so I suppose comparing to what they do in America and stuff they've got all that space and looking at tea in the park you know you could have a, a major camping thing you could set up these massive stages whereas I suppose in Scotland, in some of these kind of small towns and stuff, you, you don't really, and you have to you have to utilise the spaces, and we, we don't really have the infrastructure for it. Some of these some of these buildings and stuff, um, they only house like a thousand people, so you're having to to probably do an outside festival, which then has a has a world of other problems, you know, that you have to take care of, and that's why they stopped doing tea in the park and stuff. Um, obviously, I know they do transmit and stuff now, but they don't really have a camping festival in Scotland unless you go up to the the kind of islands and stuff where you camp away. And it, but it's a lot more settled. It's, it's like a different scene, you know. And you've even seen with transmit as well. What they've done is they've essentially put it in the city and the designated kind of concert venue, I suppose. And exactly. is Glasgow Green in it? Yeah. yeah, Glasgow Green. So even at that, you you're not really utilising any space that wasn't meant for that. It was it was purposely put there for to put events on whereas with teen the park it was literally just in the middle of nowhere hella people showed up and it was yeah. just a fucking madness for friday to the sunday friday to the monday for most people i suppose genuinely like the purge like if i could i went to the one in 2015 so it was the second last year that they ran it um and I, I don't know i think that was the year you went away to canada wasn't it, it was like it was around about that time yeah, yeah. so it was one of my kind of last years um, kind of in, in school and stuff. And uh, there was genuinely, I think, 50 or 60 of us went. Elliot Boyce organised a bus. And uh, it was just chaos, like actually chaos. Like we'd, we'd basically created our own wee island and there was there was everybody's tents. And nobody else had this. Like everybody else was just kind of like spread out, all the other groups and stuff. Whereas we had our own designated space and nobody was even walking through it. Because if they did, like they get pelted with cans. And honestly, it was nuts. Like the, genuinely the purge. Like I couldn't describe it any other way. Like anything went for those, when you were there Thursday to Monday. 
anything went. Some of the sites that you see, you just don't see anywhere else. And I honestly like we were considering going back the year after. And I was like, I've, like I'm done. Like it's, it's, I've done, I've done it once. I don't know if I could do it again. And the people that go year on year, like you've got, you've got to give them the credit because it's, it takes it out of you. Like I needed at least like a month to to recover after that. It was just another level. It, that's what these events are like as well. And I even, I even found that with some of the bigger events we've went to, like Ibiza for example, when we went uh, 2019. See when I came back, I think we came back on the Monday, if I'm not wrong. It was the Sunday, Sunday night. The Sunday night. So my birthday would have been the Thursday or the Friday that week, and I couldn't even bring myself yeah. to get out of my bed. I was still recovering. I I remember folk texting me and being like, "Here, do I go for a drink?" And I'm like, "Mate, I can't. I can't look at drink for at least a few weeks. It's just I'm burst. There's no, there's nothing I, else I, I, that I can say to that, explain. So obviously, it was just I was yeah. Done. We got back the um, so it was the sun, I think it was a Sunday night. We got like obviously flew into Presswick, got in at like ten o'clock in the mo- uh, in the evening, and uh, I had my first day of college on the Monday at like nine a.m. Genuinely, the the worst thing I've ever had to de- like deal with. Like came in like just crumpled into a heap. I was like said to my mom, I was like, I can't do this. Like I actually can't do this. Ended up like, getting like five hours sleep or something. Um, like like traveling up to to Glasgow. And yeah, I had to had to have my first day of college, meeting new people and stuff. My brain's running on like one percent capacity because you've just had like four or five days of just madness, like another like another level, and then you have to come back to normality. Like it's just it's just not possible. Like, you you actually need a holiday after your holiday when you go and do like trips like that. It's you you can't just go back to having a functioning life. You have to you have to really recover. Like for awakenings, for like I remember you telling me like even the first time that we went. Like the year before, so I mean, two thousand eighteen, we went for a week that year instead of the f- the four days that we went in two thousand nineteen. And uh, I think on the fourth day, like I'm not even joking here, we had to have a holiday inside our holiday. Like on the Friday night, we were thinking, like, where are we going to go tonight? And everybody's sitting there going, "Here, I'm not going out. I'm not going out." So I think there was like four, five or six years decided. Do you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to go at the strip. Gotta go and see what it's about. That way, we can let folk that don't want to go stay at home and just take a breather, right? And we went to the strip and we sat down, like not even in the Highlander. We sat at the the pub across the road for the Highlander on the steps, right? And I think everybody must have had about one or two drinks, and we were there for about an hour and a half, and nobody spoke to each other. We just sat there, just like fucking burst, like. Not a single person speaking to anybody. Folk coming up to you and like pure full of energy, like trying to get you going. You're just like, uh, mate, I can't hack it I, any I'm longer. Done. Like I'm done. Like yeah. four days, I've probably had about four hours of sleep, and I just can't do it. Yeah. Any- I don't have anything left in the tank. Just let me breathe. But um, I think I don't. I actually don't know how you managed the week because we obviously on our fourth day. I think it was Elro. Elro was our last night, so it was like Fat Boy Slim. Um, and uh, we like we were wandering about and stuff, and I can't remember. Like it's funny because each each night, you know, because it was like what nine or ten of us, uh, we'd you'd hang about with like somebody different, and uh, I can't even remember. I think it was like Jack Holden that I was like pure like cutting about with, and then we'd we went and found everybody else, and everybody was just sitting outside, like you're saying, like totally burst, like not even giving that, like not even caring that like, like these amazing artists are on putting on this off like show, 
and they're just sitting there like defeated like actually defeated except me at fat boy slim i was in the best of my game <laughs> so he was i was in a condition man i had a coconut i had one half of a coconut brass wrapped on my head for about two hours <laughs> and i was trying to, the wee guys that were like that were like dressed up as uh like, big giraffe, like, giraffes like, and stuff up, like yeah, that yeah. and i'm like trying to hang on their legs and everything. i think that was possibly my best night out uh on that trip anyway i was i was in a condition everybody's getting a right kick out of me man yeah, yeah. And it, do, you, do you want to know what's <laughs> funny as well just that you're talking about can every night you hang out with different people uh the mm-hmm. night before that was the night it would have been the friday night so yous went to patcha to see patcha. dixon me, me and scoosh like, yeah it was just me and scoosh well, do you and remember, the rest is into eden do you remember the condition <laughs> i was in after we went to mambo so I had like two yeah, bottles yeah, of Buckfast yeah. and I was literally curled up in On my bed beach, yeah, yeah. in the fetal position and Grant kept coming into the room and going mate you're never making it out <laughs> and he must have dealt with that every ten minutes for about an hour and a half and the last time he came in he goes here we're leaving in ten minutes there's no way you're making it out and I just remember sitting in my head and going watch this you can't I am making what, it out watch this <laughs> Drag myself up out my bed, in the shower, barely moving, get my clothes on and all that. And I came out, right? And I wanted to go, because the plan the whole week was that we were going to Patcha and we were going to go and see Dixon. Yeah. So yeah. I just assumed everybody was going to see Dixon. I'd missed this bit where we had discussed Eden. And they're like, here, the taxi's here. And I was like, right, sound. I just jumped in the taxi and there was like seven of us or eight of us. And I was like, where's Grant or uh, where's Stephen and Scoosh? And they're like, oh, mate, they left 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, all right, sound, so we'll see them at Patcher. And, like, and then I just zoned out. And then all of a sudden we pull up at Eden and it took me a good half hour before I was like, wait, how, how did we end up yeah. here? Like, what what was the discussion? Where where was I? Do you know what? I, I, didn't, I didn't argue it. I was just in that much. I can tell you, yeah. I woke up the next morning because I woke up the next morning. My neck was killing me. Because I was so lifeless that I like couldn't even keep control of my body. See, when I was dancing, my whole body was just flopping around. Yeah, yeah, just going. People were looking at me on the dance floor, just going, look at the condition of him. Like, stay him. Stay away from him. <laughs> Ten foot radius. Right. This was the two meter rule before COVID even came into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're clearing everybody out. <laughs> That's honestly, I think like that that night was probably for, for like us as well like me and me and Scoosh was probably the like the most like mental night because we we were the same like obviously i thought you were coming in anyway everybody else had said to eden i uh, said they were going to eden um and then it was the same thing like me and Scoosh jumped in the taxi we'd like ended up we'd obviously could we, like you say we've been to cafe mambo times like a bottle of buckfast got there absolutely like fleeing and um we stand outside and i had like my ticket i'd already bought my ticket on like like resident advisor got to the guy and he scanned it and it like oh no actually I couldn't find it that's what it was I couldn't find my ticket it was on my phone how can you not find your ticket on your phone right couldn't find it Scoosh had already gone in they wouldn't let him out so I'm standing outside like what am I going to do I can't get in so I sat outside like what will I do what will I do right I'll just buy another ticket stuff it I'll buy another ticket bought the ticket went to the guy scanned it didn't work like scanned it again and then the guy looked at me and he was like this is for next week mate I was like, no, you are joking. I've bought a ticket for, for next week's. Like, there's not even Dixon that's playing. Like, who is this? So I'm there stand. I was outside for an hour. Like, to be honest, I wasn't even caring because I was, I was that charging from the, like, from the bucky. Um, sitting outside. Ended up, like, don't even remember it. Found the ticket on my phone. Went back up to the guy. He was like, 
why didn't you just show me this in the first place? I was like, I don't know, got in, couldn't find Scoosh then because there was like no signal in Pasha, like none at all. Was walking about for an hour, couldn't find him, couldn't find him. Um, I think he was end up being like, it was like two o'clock in the morning at this point. I think Pasha closed at like four or something. End up getting a phone call from him. He was like, mate, my phone died, my phone died. Come to the gift shop, come to the gift shop. Ran, I hadn't seen Scoosh for three hours. Found him, like, where have you been? Where have you been? End up, jumped on the dance floor. We are on the dance floor for about an hour. And then, like, it finished. And then we went, we came back to the um, to the villa that we were staying at. You pulled up at the exact same time as us. And then, then we just stayed, like, stayed on it, stayed drinking till, like, like, 12 in the afternoon then. And then I think that's why I was so defeated the next day. Because I think... You and Scoosh lost each other, and the two of you were texting the group, being like, Yeah, Stephen, where is Scoosh? And we're, we're sitting there and we're going, How are these two? How can they not find each other? Like, surely I... it's not that bad, right? <laughs> and then we came home, but I think it was only, I don't know who I came home with, but it was only two of us that came home, and we met you. Yeah. Because I remember Holden just about had a panic attack and went and sat on the beach. <laughs> So, like, everybody was sitting on the beach with him, right? And then see when we came out, like, obviously, slowly, everybody was like, I'm going to go and check and hold and I'm going to go and make sure everything's all right. And, uh, like, nobody's, nothing's happened, right? So we all ended up on the beach, and then I was boss, so I was like, I'm going up the road, and I can't remember who I came with. And everybody else was just like, we're busting off, but we can't be bothered walking across the road and getting a taxi, so we're just going to sit here for a wee while. And then... <laughs> Everybody came home expecting like us to be in bed, obviously, at like what yeah, yeah, yeah. seven or eight o'clock, and uh, he's, we were only we were just on it all night, uh-huh. and then the yeah, it was, it was the class thing. Like obviously, Liam Miller had bought his decks and his speakers and stuff, so like you've just been to, like like the club and you, you've been out and it's been amazing, and you come back and then you just be on the decks, just like still absolutely loving it, just staying up. There's like a few folk that like kind of drifted off the bed, and then one by one, like every hour, somebody would just disappear. And that's the thing, like, because it it just stays warm over there as well. And the, the villa we had was amazing, so it was obviously open plan and stuff. And like, yeah, it got to like eight o'clock in the morning. It's like bright as anything. It's like thirty degrees. You're absolutely boiling. And then you're like, oh, I might as well just stay stay up then, might as well, like till the next day. And, that, and go that's for what a swim. it's like. Go for a swim, get my bearings yeah. about me again. We'll be fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll carry yeah. on. Two hours sleep, right? We're back out again. It's it's mad. It's, like it's a crazy, crazy place. But um, obviously, yous have took a lot, a lot of inspiration for like some of these big productions in terms of the the kind of locations that yous are using for the sets that yous are filming. Uh, I know, like the obviously, there's a big company Circle that do these kind of events, and they're a lot, lot more funded where they can fly people yeah. all across the globe and do some mad stuff. But the the kind of gems that yous have found within Scotland and within kind of our local area where we grew up, some of them have been brilliant. And I know, like we were speaking about early before earlier here before we started the podcast, was uh, you were talking about the set that you've done at the the Harry Potter bridge. That must have been a mad one, like just being up there with the bridge in the background and all that. Surely you've got to stop at that point and go. Do you know what what we're doing here is actually pretty pretty cool. No, hundred percent, like. Like all the sets we've done have been, you know, cool in their own little way, and you're exactly right. You know, we've definitely taken inspiration from the likes of kind of Boiler Room and Circle, and they, they do it so well. And obviously, they've got a, you know, they've got a big budget behind them, and we don't. And um, I can I'll come on to it a little bit 
kind of later on about how we kind of started and, and where we wanted it to go. But yeah, for the for for the Glen for Inset, um, that was kind of one that we've been talking about for a while, and it was it was definitely like an idea I had from the start. So like, where's where's iconic in Scotland, and and that was the whole series. It was like the iconic location series, and what we'll dart about. We'd already been up to Aberdeen at that point. We'd done Donata Castle. We'd done the Tory Battery. Um, with Spittle Selectors, um, who are like a, a collective up in Aberdeen, who are, who are absolutely brilliant. Um, and we did a couple of others that like, kind of all about the place, and um, the, the I wanted to leave the the Glenfinnan one till we had like a you know a good artist like not not the others we haven't worked with haven't been amazing but I was like it needs to be it needs to be special, and now uh, we'd got a message from from this guy down in Manchester uh, Glen Temp, and he was. Uh, you know, he was, he was buzzing for it. He was like, "Oh, I know, I'd love to do something with you." I've seen the stuff that you've done. He'd, he'd seen like uh, uh, Dad Scott's set. He'd seen Jason Curry's set, and he's like, "You know, I love what you're doing. Um, like, I, I want to get involved." So I was like, "Chance Daniels, like, like, I think this could be a special, and this could be good. Let's let's go for it. Let's let's go and do the Glenfinn Viaduct, like the Harry Potter Bridge. Like, that's super iconic. Like, even if you're not from Scotland, you know about that. Not because it's the viaduct, but because it was in Harry Potter." Um, so yeah, we like we pitched the idea to, to Glenn, I'm like, look, we know it's a mission, you're in Manchester, like it's it's hard enough that you have to drive up here. I suppose like with the, the kind of restrictions and stuff, like we won't talk about that though. And um he, he was like, Yeah, totally, I'm up for that. I think he showed his girlfriend, I think she was sitting next to him, like I sent him the picture and he he I don't think he knew where he was, but he sent he showed it to his girlfriend, she was like, Oh that's the Harry Potter bridge and he was like, Yeah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, she knows what it is, I'm doing it. So we'd we'd booked it for, for the December. Um, at that point, like I was still working and stuff, so it was like the one Saturday that we had off, and we were like praying that the weather was going to be good. So, so me and Daniel had uh, driven up. We packed the car up with the equipment, rocked up at like we left at like four in the morning or something. Got there pretty early. He'd left at like stupid o'clock. I don't think he'd gone to bed. Um, he'd stayed up. They'd, dri- they'd driven up, got there at the same time as us, like eight o'clock in the morning or something. And he was with uh, like one of his uh, best mates, Adam, who like they go to everything together. Um, and his and his girlfriend Brooke and um, yeah, just it just was amazing. We we hiked up the the hill. Um, it was a bit of a bit of a trek. We'd set up had this amazing view. Like it was actually incredible. And uh, like I don't know how much you know about like the, the kind of Glenfinnan viaduct, but over the the summer months it is mobbed. I think they get like three hundred thousand people over those summer months because the um, the the kind of Harry Potter train goes goes across. And it's just like it's obviously a spectacle, you know. Everybody goes, whereas we were lucky enough. I think we saw like maybe four people the time we were there because obviously it wasn't the season for it. Um, but yeah, we we just set up. We we set it up perfect. I think Glenn had started to he, he pressed play, and um, we wanted something that was going to be really special because we had the the drone, and we were like, look, let's start off with the drone. Let's have something that's like a really really like a really class piece of music that plays at the start. And he'd, he'd played a couple of songs. I was like, no, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And then he played The Streets. And I was like, right, that's got to be it. Let's have that as the start. So he starts off with The Streets. Sounds amazing. And then we see this guy, like, walking up in this, like, tweed suit. We're like, oh, no, who's this Who's this character? So he treks up, he gets he gets up to us. And we're like, right, Glenn, just, just keep playing, just keep playing. We'll deal with it. So me and Daniel went over to him, and he's got this big walking stick. I'm like, hi, how are you doing? You all right? Totally blanks us, walks past us, stands in front of the camera and goes... Hello, boys and girls. Um, I'm I'm the caretaker of this estate. Um, what seems to be happening here? We're like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go. So like, Glenn stopped playing, and uh, we like we just we told him what was going on. Like, oh, we're, we're students. This is a bit of a project. Uh, it's just just a bit of fun, you know. We're not we're not trying to cause any trouble. Blah 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 blah. And he ended up being brand new. Like, I think he was questioning because obviously we were. It was a bit of a production. I think they charge usually. 
uh, because they don't want people filming and stuff. But I think we came across as like, you know, we were we were genuine, we weren't like taking the mic. And obviously we said we were students, so I think that kind of helped. Um, but he was like, look, stay, do your, do your thing. Leave a leave a donation at the end in in his uh, his wee donation box at the bottom, and like I'll let you stay. And we're like, oh, brilliant, fantastic, because we thought like it was gonna it was gonna be over before we'd even started. Um, so yeah, that was that was smashing. Re- like I was really sound of him to let us stay, and uh, yeah, we 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 did that set, and it was absolutely brilliant. I'd bought a Glen a bottle of Bucky um, as like a as like a present for coming up to Scotland. So he tanned that through the set, and he was absolutely charging by the end of it, and it was brilliant. It turned out to be like I think he was it was a combination of. He's a he's a fantastic DJ, and he's got a great personality, and the location was amazing. And I think that that's definitely been our, our most successful set because of kind of all those reasons. Um, and yeah, it was it was so much fun, and we've got so much more lined up when we can get, kind of get back to normal. That was when things had started to la- uh, kind of relax a wee bit. Whereas when things kind of settle down and, and we can go back to filming sets, we've got so many more planned. Um, we've got one at the, see the Kelpies. We're going to do a nighttime set at the Kelpies um, with a with a fantastic DJ Frankie Elise. Um, she's gonna she's gonna film at that. We've got Ryan Watson that does Funk Agenda. We've got a really cool location set up for him. So yeah, we've got we've got loads we've got loads planned. So it's just a case of getting kind of back to it um, and getting you know getting these artists up and just carrying on because. Like you're saying, you know, back to the whole circle thing. Some of their sets are just unbeatable. You know, like they've just done one at the in Cairo with the the pyramids. Like, how how can we compete with it? How can we compete with that? Um, but I think for for us, like what Daniel and I chatted about was this this whole iconic locations thing with with Scotland and bringing the scene to just you know bringing the the kind of the the contrast of the two things. You've got these amazing locations in Scotland, the absolute beautiful places. But then you've also got music, which is which is what we love, and, and why not combine the two, the two, and showcase showcase a bit of both, and, and show it in a new light. Because usually, if you go into these places, you're going you know for the tourist aspect. Whereas, why can't you enjoy you know a bit of techno, a bit of house, and get to enjoy the beauty of the place as well? Well, and that's it as well. Where you guys are doing something that's a wee bit different. Uh, in terms of we've always had great music in Scotland uh, we've always had great artists coming out of Scotland and there's some some unreal clubs I mean still to this day and like we've said like traveling to Ibiza uh, I was in Awakenings uh, I've been to some some area, uh, some places over here and stuff like some clubs out in Toronto and things like that but still by far the best club I've ever been in in my life is sub club and it always will be it's just a special special place and for and that's a place that just doesn't draw draw any attention like do you know, the amount of people who have asked me about it and then when we're in sub club or uh, sorry then when we're in Glasgow they'll like obviously have asked me about it being like where is it and you'll just walk right by it and they won't even notice just because it's just the little door right but uh no, you're definitely doing something different. Obviously, you've seen a lot of people uh, like kind of starting up in the last few years here, coming out of Scotland. That's really high production, and you've seen like the takeoff of Fly as well, which we also went to together. That's that's really took off, and their location at Hopeton House is one that's pretty cool. When you've got uh, the Fourth Road Bridge in the background, and you've got the the big manor and everything else, and uh, you're seeing like Terminal V which again is taking it more back to what we were talking about earlier with the warehouse vibe and everything's, it's like, I'm sure it's at Edinburgh Airport, isn't it? It's in the big airplane hangars up there. Um, but the, 
you're just getting obviously you don't have the budget to fly to the pyramids or to go any of these crazy places quite yet but you seem to be finding the gems within scotland that's it showcases a wee bit of a beauty of the the kind of landscapes of the country on top of the the brilliant music and the brilliant artists that are coming out of the uk and and have been for a long time now it just even speaking to a lot of people who uh make music and who dj and things like that even immigrant muscle who i had on last week when i asked them uh they could play anywhere in the world i'm sure one of them said london like we just seem to and it's the opportunity and the take that the uk are having right now where people understand that you need to get out and you need to enjoy the music and you need to let loose once in a while rather than just being the way that everybody's been forced to be in the last year here where you're stuck in the house and you're just desperate to go and enjoy yourself and just not worry about work and school and everything else that you've been doing throughout the week and just get your feet moving and I think you've been doing a brilliant job at that given that right now you're limited in terms of the amount of people that you can have at these events but I know uh, obviously we've been speaking throughout the the time here I know you've got something in the works for uh, when everything opens back up you're looking at putting on some sort of wee event yeah yeah 100% I was, I was saying to you earlier like Daniel uh, Daniel told me explicitly like before I came on he was like don't tell anybody don't don't say a thing so we have we've, we've kind of kept it kind of hush hush there's only a couple of handful of people that know about it um, I'm still I'm still having an arm whether to, to tell you or not um, but yeah we, we've got kind of our first we've got two actually um, events kind of lined up and, and the, the goal of the kind of close contact thing was build a brand from these videos, build a following and, and get people engaged with the music, which is which is what we want to do at the end of the day. We want to create a scene and there's some there's some amazing people out there that are doing kind of similar things. And, you know, for us to kind of stand out a little bit was was to do this I- iconic locations. And we've got got so much planned um, when, when we're able to in the summer. Take, for example, we've actually, uh, we've already sorted going out to Dubai um, we've got we've got a friend out there who's got a got a yacht, um, and he's where we've, we've chatted about throwing a party basically on his yacht, doing a similar thing, filming the set, having you know inviting some friends on board, yeah, and and throwing a throwing a bit of a kind of exclusive event on there. So that's that's one thing that we've got in the works, um, but but more so kind of over here, um, we've uh, we're kind of organising our, our first few events where we want it to be super personal and. Again, kind of going back to what you had on the, the discussion you had on your first podcast with Nathan, kind of doing, I, I've always wanted to do an event in places that events shouldn't happen. Like Hopeton House, for example, with, with Fly, I think they've yeah. done an amazing job of, of putting on a fantastic event in a place where an event shouldn't happen. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous manor, a, a massive house, and they, they put on one of Scotland's best, I think current currently best kind of festivals. Um and then you've got the kind of the likes of kind of cult like Riverside, they're putting on in, in the Riverside Museum, which again I think is, is really really cool. And mm-hmm. what I think Nathan was saying that they had one in, in an art gallery, yeah. Um, which is which is again amazing. And it's that kind of thing where I think going back to the, the kind of roots and the whole warehouse thing and making it a bit more underground. And I think it adds to the night, it adds to the evening. Um, so we're, we're hoping to do something similar and it's going to be a really, really exclusive event. It's only going to be to, to let's say, two to 300 people. It's not meant to be some massive festival just yet. Um, if obviously the first one's successful, then we might kind of lead yeah. on and go to that. But we're, we're just, we're kind of, the final stage is just now. We're just waiting for kind of the, the one final, like, right, you're allowed to do it off the off the council. Um, everything else has been given the go-ahead for. 
Um, but it's 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 going to be in a museum. I can say that. I'm not going to give you more than that. But right. um, Daniel Anderson really, was sweating for a second there. He's like, ah, <laughs> I told you not to talk about this. <laughs> Daniel, see if you're watching this. I'll break him one of these days. Don't you worry. <laughs> you almost you almost had me almost. But no, that's that's brilliant that you are doing that. Um, obviously. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with that and when you go to Dubai if, if I can make it happen I'd love to come out and go to one of your events and uh, yeah like, exactly like we were saying with Nathan as well that these smaller events uh, it helps get the people who are involved in the community uh, closer to the music in these places where I know obviously you yous have got Glasgow that's what 40 minutes away half an hour away not that, not that far but at the, the same time, it, it's cool to have things like you were saying, Funk Agenda, and the things that you are doing, which is a wee bit more closer to home, and that kind of ties into what I'm trying to do here, where you've experienced it firsthand. A lot of the options here are very limited, and uh, is more focused in the bigger cities, so I'm trying to kind of provide a little bit of a platform so that we can maybe uh, provide events to people who... Uh, are in the area who come from the prairies who are uh, interested in this kind of music and maybe just don't have the funds to go to the bigger cities or to go abroad and uh, they can still get to see some quality music and we even spoke a little bit about getting some of yous out there obviously a lot of the people that yous have worked with with close contact uh, I also know from growing up in a similar area and being friends with some of these people so I'm looking forward to what you to seeing what yous have got going in the future and uh hopefully doing some sort of collaboration getting news out here and we'll, we'll have a right laugh and uh but no he's a he's a he's a staying busy and and like you said as well like scotland seems to be attracting a, a lot more big names so um with like riverside I, I i just saw the lineup for riverside this year and holy fuck it breaks my heart that i can't go because it's they've just put it on even terminal v as well terminal v's lineup for this year is insane but I think that in turn then gives you opportunity to where some of these people who are playing for you and you are providing a platform will allow them to maybe play on sets further down the line when you do have more funds and you do get your name out there. It'll allow them to play on uh, set lists where you can bring in a couple of big names and pair them up and it, it, it works for everybody. You, I mean, obviously, you are in this for to make quality content for yourselves but at the same time it, it works both ways because people want to work with you because you provide them the platform that they're looking for and a lot of opportunity so i mean in terms of what you are doing over there it's it's unreal and I, i'm i'm actually i'm really really proud of what it is that you've done because i was so so impressed when you first came out with it i was it was one of the things that i've kind of been obviously me and you have kind of been on the same wavelength for a wee while and when you finally come out and done it, I was like, "This is going to take off. This is this is going to be quality." Because I know what you are like, and obviously, with Daniel is really good with uh, all the kind of technical side of the, the technical side of the business and stuff, as well as he plays quality tunes. And then yourself, you're just like one of these people that doesn't stop. You're just non-stop all day, every day, and it, it it's going to work. It's going to pay off eventually. So. I just keep going with what you are doing. It's it's uh it's just a matter of time, honestly. No, I really appreciate that. No, thank you, thank you so much. Because that's that's exactly it. And obviously, we've, we've we chat back and forth all the time, and I find it really interesting that you know we're in two two totally different parts of the world, but we're we're in the same kind of situation where 
like we're saying, you know, okay, we're on the west coast of Scotland, and obviously this is, you know, this is where you come from, and we we don't really have much of a scene, and, and the likes of you know, funk agenda is the only thing really that I can think of that is that it, you know, it is that that proper scene, you know, they they obviously now they only do you know once a month, once you know, in in a normal situation before COVID, um, once a month, once every couple of months, but it's one of those things that. It's, it's built up that reputation now it's the same 100 200 people that go it's the same faces that you've seen it's the same scene which is amazing but other than that like you're saying you have to travel 30 40 minutes to glasgow and i know in the grand the grand scale of things where um you know in terms of canada like what two hours or something daft and you're, you're not even in saskatoon yet like the nearest town so <laughs> stupid and even in saskatoon so, there's not a lot going on so like you travel two hours nothing, and you're still yeah, not anywhere near where you need to get to right yeah, yeah, there's madness, and I think it's funny because you know we we complain, oh, you have to travel up to Glasgow. And it's in in reality, it's not actually that far. But I think we should still have a scene on the west coast of Scotland. Clearly, from you know from and there is little pockets. Don't get me wrong, there are people that do a similar thing, but there's no other than you know funk agenda. There's nobody really that's that's doing it well, or doing it kind of big to a, to a large scale. And I think that. Having something like this, where we're we're trying not to be, you know, really cliquey, and we only work with certain people or anything like that, we want it to be that we work with everybody, and it's building the scene, and it's for for the interest of you know the music. So we we want to work with people from all over the place, and it's it's bringing it's bringing a bit more of a scene to Asia, and I think that's that's why I think it's fantastic what you're trying to do in, in obviously the prairies, where as a, you know I, obviously I've experienced. There's, there's there's little to it and what you've got like a couple of clubs you know people go to Earls and then was it two clubs you've got like in actual Regina I think there's probably three or four but then again like I've kind of been saying and listen I hate criticizing these places because at the end of the day they're putting they're putting it on right they're given option but the few places that we do have to me from when I've been in it, it feels very controlled in terms of, right, we're going to book this guy and that guy and this guy. And this is this doesn't go for all of these people who own clubs and who own uh, venues that are putting on events. But a lot of the time it's like, we're going to book this guy and that guy and this guy. And then they show up and then it's like, okay, you've got to play this song, this song, this song. So like, where's the, where's the creativity? And it's unfair on the people who are playing, right? Because... Even through this, I've had friends talk to me, even in the last two weeks, like when I like when I spoke to Nathan out in Winnipeg, I've had friends speak to me and go, mate, I didn't even know that there was anything going on in Winnipeg. So, and there's there's things going on in Regina, there's things going on in Saskatoon, um, there's things going on in Calgary and Edmonton and these places, but it's just very limited and the, the people who own the places want to make themselves the stars rather than allowing the people who are creative who are making music who are playing great sets allowing them to showcase the talents that they've developed because you know yourself as well as i do that you can't just jump in and be unreal at djing right off the bat i mean you've probably been doing it for this same amount of time roughly as me about two years or so now and there's levels like when you see somebody like I was really impl- really impressed with the one that he's done at the Harry Potter Bridge with Glenn, and you're like, all right, th- th- there's levels to this, 
and you even see some you see some of these bigger names playing again at some of these uh kind of festivals for example fly when we were at the the boiler room stage and you're seeing people who are big don't get me wrong but are still relatively contained to glasgow and to scotland who are the the skills that they possess and the years and years of doing this you go all right it's still got i'm still a while off of that so i mean i just think it's unfair for the people who are doing it here and who are uh, putting in the work day in day out to get better and better and better that they don't get to showcase the full range of skills that they're developing where it's really limited and uh i suppose people people who are so self-centered that they need to be the center of attention all of the time and everybody should look at me because look at what i'm doing um is just kind of ruining it for them so what i'm trying to do here obviously is by doing the podcast providing a platform to the people that are working hard and doing things in dance music and then hopefully if enough people support me I can provide a platform for people from these areas and throughout Canada, not just the prairies, to come in and show everybody what kind of like what kind of skills they've got and what level of party we can actually throw. Because I think a lot of people go to the clubs here and they're like they love it, but then the reason they love it is because they've not experienced anything more than it. And then when you go to these big events and you go to some of these places obviously like you said in Edmonton it's more about the kind of visual and more about the show aspect but when you go somewhere that's maybe nothing special but the music's quality it really changes your perception on it where you go out and you're even four weeks later you're, you've heard the same song every week for the last four weeks and you're like change the channel somebody please just get give me something different do you know what I mean and that's that's it because you hit the nail on the head it's it's tough because, and, and some of the clubs and stuff, they are, you know, they put on the odd night here and there, but there's a formula to it. And, you know, they bring in the same people and, and it works. You know, a lot of the people that are, that are coming to these clubs, they're not really wanting to hear anything new. They're, they're not going necessarily for the music. They're going for a good time. Whereas I suppose there's, there's people out there like us who are a bit more passionate about the scene, a bit more passionate about the music. And we want to hear something a little bit different. But the clubs that, you know, we went out to um, when I was there, it's very much like pics, you know, pictures like in Irvine that we go to and it's, it's, it's they're, they're trying to bring people in, they're making a bit of money and that's, that's fine for them, you know, they're not, they're not trying to create a scene because they don't have that same passion, whereas the likes of Sub Club, you know, like Sub Club was rated one of the best clubs in the UK, you know, a couple of years ago and I think it, it constantly does, does exceptionally well um, and it is because it's got such a community but imagine like I'm just trying to think of another club in Glasgow that tried to do something like that. It wouldn't really work, you know, because it's hard to build up that reputation. Like, Sub Club has been doing that since, what, the 90s? Like, I think it was very and I mean, that was in the 80s. Full credit to Sub Club as well, because like we were just talking about there, where you're booking the same people every week, Sub Club, I, I reckon, in my opinion, Sub Club have the best resident DJs in the world. I, I, don't, I don't care where you are, Harry and Dominic are possibly the best resident DJs in the entire world. Like, they're so creative. They could easily go and play festivals. They could easily go and play abroad. They could go and play whatever it was they wanted to do, but they they just seem to stick to what they know and stick to sub club. And the level of events, even if you're just going on a week where it's them that's playing and there's 
there's not any these big names that they've brought in and they've not spent a fortune on getting whoever it is to play you still know that you're going to show up and you're going to get the same quality as if it was somebody who you've maybe spent tens of thousands of pounds to bring in and they've, they've always kind of put on the same thing they've never been shy about what it is that they're trying to do and they've never they've never tried to make themselves overly spectacular i mean you've been in it yourself it's the, the focus is the sound system and the DJs that play yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's all about the music and it's not trying to be anything else. And it's people are going for that reason. And obviously, yeah, okay, there's at times they, they put on a really good artist that people want to go and see. Um, I think before, I think one of the last ones, obviously before kind of COVID happened, was, was Kink. And uh, that like Elliot had actually messaged me and he was like, look, do you want to come? I was in Italy at the time, so I, I couldn't come. I was gutted. Because that would have been amazing, and I think that was one of the, the last kind of big, big names they had. And um, and Elliot said it was like incredible. It was absolutely brilliant. Like he, I think he put like his synth out into the keyboard, and he was getting people to press random keys, and then he made a song from it, and it was just insane. Okay, yeah, there's there's nights like that, like a Clay Fifi, for example. Like she played um, a couple of was it maybe Christmases kind of time last year. I went and saw. Um, and there's names like that that always sell out. You know that yeah. they, they constantly, like, as soon as the tickets go on sale, stream exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know um, if you saw at the George start. Fitzgerald, we saw. Yeah, George Fitzgerald as well. Dennis Salter. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw at the start yeah. of the pandemic, or maybe maybe it wasn't the start. It's maybe last summer. But uh, Scream put out a tweet, and it was like. Uh, toured all over the world, played on stages all over the world, and I can't fucking wait to go back to Glasgow. And I'm like, why would you want <laughs> yeah. to go back to Glasgow? But it speaks <laughs> volumes for it. what it is that they do there. I mean, it's just, it's it's raw and it's authentic. Like nobody's there, nobody's there to just be a poser to a certain degree. Where it's like, it's everybody's just there to get in a state and just enjoy themselves. Like you were talking about some of the sites you see at Teen Apart, some of the sites you see in Subclub are fucking up there as well. I mean, it's, it's just, it's nuts. It's a crazy place. I think that's it. Like Subclub's perfect because it's so, it's so small, you know? So on a good night, you know, if you're with some good mates and there's, there's a good artist on, it's, it's fantastic. But I think sometimes then you, you do need a bit more of a step up. And I think SWG3, do it really really well because it is that that slightly bigger venue it does go kind of more to that warehouse thing and then you can bring in a bit more of the production side of things um i went to boil room with a couple of the boys uh i know the kind of... i saw you i saw you <laughs> yeah, yeah. even nasty i posted you on her instagram because because she's standing with his phone <laughs> with his phone like iconic like actually i'm pretty sure he's in the video just standing with his phone like like fucking D and B is for weirdo is like totally like because somebody chucked a junk like a drink over him. Like was just doing it all night. That's all he did. He didn't like dance once, didn't come and stand with us once, just wandering about with his phone with, with text on it. Just like he's nothing. <laughs> but and honestly, like stuff It's like, funny because I could just imagine him standing there like just straight face as well, like just no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. looking totally people dead in it. the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just got like totally possessed with what was it four or five hours did saw him maybe twice or three times and then just saw him behind us there like with his phone like just 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 standing there like totally like loving it though he had an amazing night it was the same like obviously was there with Jono and 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 lewis and and robbie and a couple of the other boys and it was it was class and i think boil uh swg3 do really well because they've got a couple of different rooms you know so for example i think it was either 
I think it was Boiler Room, or it was maybe maybe Scream. We we went and saw the time before, and they had the TV studio, and then they had the, the kind of big uh, the big room open, um, and we'd I think I was with Lewis at the time, and we'd walked through to the the big room, and it was like proper like heavy heavy ass techno. Like I think at this point it was like eleven o'clock, like eleven p.m. Like wasn't late at all. And we walked in and we were like, nah, this is like far too heavy just now. Like, can't be doing this. Went back through to the smaller room. Was ideal, you know, good good vibe. And then we were like, actually, this is getting a bit like, hmm, could, could do with a bit more. Went back into the, the big room there and we like, right, okay, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. There's this hard, like like 140 BPM straight at it, like just going for it. And and that's, that's sometimes nice, you know, when you've got kind of venues and some of these kind of bigger cities, they have the capacity for that, where they've got places where you could have multiple rooms. And sometimes that's ideal, you know, especially if you're there for a full day. Like I've done SWG3 before, where it was like a full day event. I think it started at like 12 a.m. and was on till like 3 or 4 a.m. And um, that full day event, then you can just bounce between places. And it's a bit like an adventure. And you'll know yourself, you know, going to Ibiza and stuff. It is a bit of an adventure. And yeah, depending on how you're feeling at the time, you can go and experience a new kind of music. Whereas sometimes you lose that in some of these smaller clubs where there is only one artist playing. And if you're not feeling that at that point in time, because that's a very much uh, a big thing of going out, you know, it's how you're feeling at that point in time. And sometimes you need to to maybe take a minute or go and stand outside and, and recollect your thoughts and have a bit of a chat with your mates and then go and go back in and take a, take a breath and, and dive back into the music. It's, it's hard going, especially when you've, you're out at these events that maybe start a bit earlier. Like, for example, these people that show up at, 10 o'clock when the doors open and the events on till four in the morning like six hours is a long time to to be going for so you're spot on there like sometimes you do you do just need a bit of a break to step outside and just relax and breathe and can i get a wee bit more energy about you maybe have a couple of drinks and can i get yourself back into that that mood where you're ready to go back in and go for it again for another couple hours before you maybe take a break and i think that's uh that's almost a downfall here where a lot of these places like although we do have lots of space like we're almost like an island in the middle of the prairies where there's the city and there's not much round about it and obviously we are still developing we're developing at quite a fast rate here um but at the end of the day these venues just aren't there like in glasgow i mean the city's so old and it's so big and it's you know what it's like like you drive to glasgow and you're there's little town after little town a little town and whereas for here like there's here and then there's nothing and then there's moose jaw and that's probably about the same distance between Irvine and glasgow do you know what i mean so like it is it is a whole different thing where you don't have the old warehouses you don't have the old spaces and the, don't get me wrong there probably is some in the city but they're just few and far between they're not as abundant here and uh it doesn't really make sense especially with the amount of people that's in regina uh to you can't put that on every week you can't have that many people every single week so what i'm hoping is if we can maybe even do monthly events or every two months or whatever it's going to be to start off and we can bring people in from other places in the prairies and this doesn't have to necessarily be in Regina. It could be Saskatoon or Winnipeg or somewhere. And we can try and bring the whole Prairie community together as one rather than everybody doing their own individual thing. I think we can we can build something that'd be pretty cool and we can attract some real, real talented people. 
um because that's all it takes right it's just is is one spark and and people to do things right and the right people to get interested and you never know where things are gonna kind of go for you um and obviously use of use of kind of started that use you started snowballing at this point and you have brought in a lot of talented artists and talented people to work with and uh over the last couple of weeks here i've even seen that you're you're starting to launch a record label as well you put out your first kind of tune in the last week or so two weeks something like that yeah so the the record label was um was one we chatted about for a while because obviously we want to expand and for us it kind of the kind of roots of it comes down to wanting to create this scene so we chatted about it and obviously as we've, we've discussed already with the, the videos that's one way to engage with people but the the record label thing um so we teamed up with with daz scott so both both you and i um, are good good friends with daryl and um he he actually featured in I'll, I'll tell that story first so our first kind of um i'll go i'll go to the roots and i'll go to the roots of, of how we started so it came from um so Elliot Boyce was doing his lockdown live sessions and we'd uh, we chatted about it and I'd helped him out with a couple of the streams and stuff. Um, and he was starting to kind of get a bit bigger. I'd helped him turn it into a kind of charity thing. So he was making a bit of money, which was fantastic. And then he was doing it each week, was getting a proper following. Like, obviously, you know what Elliot's like. He's a, he's a proper character. Everybody he's a personality, isn't he? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, just an entertainer. And he'd, he'd brought, um, like, he's obviously kind of, Pally and friendly with um, Rugby Park, Kilmarnock Football Stadium. Yeah. So he'd managed to get them as a venue to do his, his lockdown live as a kind of blowout before it kind of ended. So brought Daniel and I on, and obviously we'd, we'd chatted about the kind of close contact stuff already. It came from us starting to make music, pretty much like over lockdown, being a bit bored, wanting to get into producing. So I'd done that with a couple of the boys. We chatted about it. And it kind of stemmed from that. Originally, the whole idea about it was going to be a kind of collective to make music and share our music together and, and that's where it came from and then from Elliot doing his videos and stuff and then Daniel and I filmed his one in Rugby Park which was amazing I think like within 48 hours or something we had like 80,000 engagement like 80,000 views on Facebook um which was incredible it was absolutely insane that's what Elliot Boyce does down... for you as well though isn't it like the guy just everybody loves him and like I'm not even just talking like people like us that are going out to these events and stuff like that people were tuning in to watch them that probably don't listen to that much music outside of in the radio and maybe like in their house or whatever a wee bit but people just love Boise just because he's a personality he puts on a show and like the energy I mean you know what he's like he's like the Duracell bunny man the guy doesn't stop I was talking about you non-stop like that guy is just a million miles an hour all the time and it's brilliant. All the time. He's 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 another level. Like he actually is. I actually love him to bits. And he he that's exactly it. I mean, for the rugby park, like it was funny. The the guy that kind of showed us around, the manager of the stadium, he was like, one rule: don't go on the pitch. Just don't go on the pitch. It's like a COVID like red zone. It's for the players. Don't go on the pitch. Maybe twenty minutes in, Boise was charging. He was loving it. Ran straight onto the pitch with his mic, and we're filming him. And he's just yeah, in the middle of the pitch, just loving it, just running across. Number one rule. The one rule he was told, don't go on the pitch. And that's that's just Elliot all over. And that was it, like 100%. All right, okay, you know, the venue was really cool. It was a bit different. People were tuning in for that. But he 100% made that. So from that then, we'd already um, kind of had chats through contacts of Daniel's. Like Daniel's parents run Azizes Events, which are, which are a massive kind of company in Asia. They do the A-show and fantastic company. And they, they 
friendly with the Maritime Museum. Obviously, you know the Maritime Museum. It's obviously they they've got the, the it's down by the harbour. They've got the big boats and um, really really cool place. We used to go there as like kids for school trips and, and stuff like that. So um, we managed to get kind of through them as a contact, um, filming a set in there. So they'd agreed to it. So it kind of was off the back of Elliot's Rugby Park set. So we went in and it was kind of on a whim. We had no idea that Close Contact was going to go where it is today from that. But yeah, so it was me me and Elliot Skiak, Skush, we, we, uh, we filmed that. So it was a back-to-back in the Marathon Museum. And it was really, really cool, really cool day. I think it was like a Wednesday morning, went in. They let us just blast music, play music for like, I think I said it was like an hour and a half. And it was just really good fun. We were just doing it for a bit of a laugh. We thought we'd film it. And that was that. So we kind of sat on that video for, I think, about a month. Didn't do anything with it. We were chatting about what we're going to do with the brand. Should we start a website? Where are we going to take it? How are we going to like engage with people? Talking about even like podcasts and stuff. Like like how how do we what how do we make people like what we're doing? Um, and then Elliot was like, oh, the the newspaper they need uh, they need an article. Let's do it about what you've done. And we're like, oh shit! Like we're going to have to launch. Like we're not prepared at all. So like I made up some random story. Elliot kind of helped with that put it out to like the, the Urban Herald, I think it was. And yeah, they, they we launched just from that. They Boise totally pushed us like to, to launch. And yeah, that, that kind of started it. We're like, oh shit, like we have to do something now. We have to like make videos. So we hadn't done anything then. So it was like, this this was maybe like on the Wednesday or something. And then that that weekend, like I think it was a gorgeous week, like like gorgeous sun. Me and Daniel had been out at the beach with a couple of the boys, like totally smashed, end up in the pub in Spoons. And um we were like, oh fuck it, let's do a set tomorrow. Let's let's find a set, like do a set down at the dragon. Let's do it. Totally smashed. It was like midnight. Like 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 couldn't even like could barely speak. I actually couldn't speak. And I was like, go Daniel, text, text, text Boise, text Goosh, see if they'll do it. Didn't get a hold of, couldn't get a hold of Goosh, couldn't get a hold of Boise. And I was like, what about Daryl? What about what Dad Scott? He'll he'll do it. Why don't you do it? So Daniel took my phone. He messaged him. He's like, you up for doing this set like down the dragon? Daryl messaged back straight away. I don't know, mate. Like. I have to get up in four hours, like, to do this. Like, I, I'm not prepared. I haven't prepared a set. And Daniel's, like, messaging back, oh, come on, let's do it. It'll be a good laugh. It'll be a good laugh. And then he agreed to it. He was like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, we're in the pub. Like, we have to get up in four hours. So I think there was, like, a bunch of us. We went back to my flat. Ended up having, like, a bit of a gaff. There was, like, fucking, like, eight of us sitting about in my flat. I'm like, well, I looked at Daniel. He was sitting across from me. I'm like, we have to get up in two hours. What are we doing? So everybody, everybody left. Got, like, two hours sleep. Daniel came and got me four o'clock in the morning drove up the hills up the sand dunes met daryl and we're like so we're filming a set yeah <laughs> ended up filming this set with him and it was amazing it was totally totally like like winged it set up the table it was so rugged as well like we had we forgot like the the cover and um, we set up this speaker that obviously we don't use that anymore it was like this massive speaker totally overboard daniel's brother came lewis and we, we filmed the drone and it just works really, really well. Despite like being totally smashed at four o'clock in the morning, we ended up filming like a really, really cool set. Um, at the Dragon, you know, Irvin Beach Bar, like super iconic to Irvin. And then from that, then we're like, this is a really, really cool idea. And it, it just kind of stemmed from there. Um, and then we started filming more sets. We got introduced to more people. But then from from that, we obviously chatted back and forth with uh, with Daryl. Um, and I've, I've been friends with Daryl for, for years and, He's a fantastic producer. Like honestly, couldn't couldn't praise him anymore for that. Um, and obviously, you 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 know Daryl as well. And he's he's released like a lot of music. He's he's had some really successful tracks. Like we run the noise has has blown up and done, done really really well. Um, so we've kind of chatted back and forth. He was helping us with a couple of things. Like I'm not a big user of Facebook. 
like I run the other socials and stuff, but I kind of stay off that. So he was helping us with a couple of things. Um, and we chatted back and forth about the, the whole record label thing to, again, to build this community, you know, similar to obviously the, the whole podcast idea. I'm like, what's, what's a brilliant way to, to engage with, with some of our kind of DJs that we're working with? If they, it's, it's hard, you know, um, like we both, we've both made music and it might be, you know, a good level, but it's not going to be on the, the level of some of these other artists. And it, it's so, the, the market's so saturated that it's hard for your track to get seen. So we wanted to create a platform where these artists that we're working with were making amazing music and we wanted to give them the opportunity to showcase that. So we started off, so Dan uh, Scott's our, our, our record kind of label manager um, with obviously Daniel and I. And yeah, we just we, we started off doing a song with oh, Algorithms track. Absolutely brilliant track. Um, Alan's messing. class as really? well. I went, yeah, I, went, I went to primary school with both Daryl and Alan and they've been doing it for a while. I mean, obviously, like, they grew up at the other end of Drycon for me, and I was really close friends with people from down that end, so I kind of kicked about with them a little bit, but uh, for as long as I've kind of known, they, like, probably, what, at least 10 years now, they've been doing this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and they they know their stuff, you know, and, like, we've we've chatted, obviously, back back and forth with them. Alan's Alan's brand new, obviously, he's in Germany just now um, working. So he, he flew over, he'd done a set with us, and then he obviously made this track, and we we're like, "Look, we need this to be. This is perfect. You know, this song is perfect for being our first release." Uh, but it was funny actually. I was talking to my my grandparents, and uh, I'd phoned them, and they had like his track on in the background, and they'd had it on like the Alexa, and it's it was so funny, just like like this blaring techno, and they were just like listening away to it, and it was it was really, really cool to hear, and um, it's just it's just a really really good track, obviously fantastically produced with a really really good sample in it. Um, I think it was from the old, like the original GTA, like is the is the sample, um, and it's it's just amazing. It's such a such a good tune, and we've we've got we've got a couple of others coming out. Um, Daryl's or Dan Scott's track, his EP. He's got a three track EP that's getting released this Friday, and then we've got um, a young producer from A Gus. We filmed a set with him last week actually. He's got a track coming out. Neva from Adrosson. Um, she's got a track coming out kind of at the end of April. So we've got we've got loads lined up, and. Some of the some of the, the tracks that we've been sent are just next level, you know, really, really brilliant tracks, really well produced. And it's amazing to see, you know, I think for, for some of these artists, maybe being a little bit younger or maybe not being in the scene as much, yeah, they're making tunes, but they might not then go and submit it to record labels or, or what record labels do you submit it to? So I think it's good that we're doing something like this where I feel like, you know, we're we're trying to be a we're trying to be approachable. We're working with these artists anyway. All these artists have filmed sets with us or done mixes with us. So we know them anyway. We've we've got that relationship. And then they can send us a track. And obviously it still needs to be a certain cal uh, a certain calibre, which which it is. The tracks they've sent us are, are fantastic. And and then we can we can showcase them, you know, and hopefully then from that it, they they then feel inspired and motivated to then make more music, which they should be because the, the music's amazing and, and that's what I hope that it'll grow and it'll gradually get bigger and bigger and with with obviously the help with, with Daryl and stuff he's got his own tracks which are which are doing great with with other labels so with his kind of um his kind of experience hopefully we can we can really really grow it and it's just another it's another branch of the business you know if if we can do the record label and we can do the events and we can do the videos it just kind of comes together and then people people know about us and then from that, then we can do we can do some of these events, and we can we can bring people in because it's hard, and I think that's really cool what you're doing with the podcast. Because imagine just now, 
you tried to do an event and nobody knew about you, how hard that, that would be to do. So our, our idea was exactly like our idea was to, to start the start the whole thing, build up this brand, get people to know about us. And then we can do these really cool events and bring people in. And, you know, a, a 200 people event, you can fill that with your mates, you know, and the people that you've worked with. And it's just a really, really good time. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're not, we don't care about the money or anything like that. It's about creating that scene and creating a really, really good night people remember. And the, the one that we've got lined up in a, in the museum that I'm not allowed to tell you about, um, we... Uh, Come on, tell me who it is. Tell me who's played. Go on. Nah, it's not, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you <laughs> anything. Um, but that, that itself is going to be one of those nights where people go, I remember that, you know, and that's, that's what we want. That's what we want people to go. Even if they don't remember us as the brand, they'll just go, oh yeah, I remember we went to that night. And, and it's the nights that we've been to, you know, like we chat, we chat about like Ibiza, or we chat about Hopeton House with Fly, or even Sub Club, you know, the night that me, you and Carter went to, to Sub Club. And it was just, it's those little nights like George Fitzgerald, you remember them. And it's, it's those ones that stand out. And I think that's, that's what Daniel and I want to create. We want to create a, an evening or a night that people remember. I have no doubt that you will be successful in doing that. I think you've got the right ideas. And I think that uh, you are taking the right approach to it. And you are again with the people that you've you've attracted to come and work with you you are making yourselves really approach, approachable and you are giving people an opportunity that maybe they didn't have the confidence to go to some of these kind of bigger places you are you are more in a sense realistic that you are also trying to kind of come up as well when trying to grow and expand at the same rate as these people so they maybe feel a little bit more inclined to put their trust in you in terms of you're also coming up so you're going to stand by them regardless rather than a lot of these kind of bigger uh, production companies that are just going to kind of throw them to the side and uh, kind of discredit them as soon as they're not producing the quality that they need and you, you guys are obviously still looking for a standard still looking to make high quality tracks but at the same time if there's something that comes in that maybe isn't up to standard rather than just kicking them at the curb it's like well we're not writing you off, but we want more. We, we want to see more. We want you to improve. We want it, it's encouraging, right? Rather than just being disheartening and being told ah, it's not good enough. It's never going to be good enough. And and you've if you, you send know any what tracks like. away to yeah. If you send any tracks away to these um some of these big labels, it's a generic response you get back. There's no feedback. Whereas Daryl or Dasco has been fantastic with every message that we've had. He's replied to and it's been really personal. And even if, like you're saying, you know, it's not quite up to that standard, he's given this feedback, trying to make it to that standard. Or, you know, there's been a couple of tracks we've received that, that need a little bit of tweaking here and there. Whereas if you send that to a normal label, it would just be discredited and they would be chucked to the side. Whereas I, I, I understand that that's the case. You know, when you're getting thousands of tracks through, you don't have the time for it. They don't have somebody that is a paycheck at the end of the day. Whereas for us, it's more than that. And if we can encourage people and, and help them and assist them and Daryl's got the, nor the knowledge you know he's he I actually don't can't think of anybody else who's well could be better versed in like FL Studios and the, the doors that he uses to, to, to assist people you know and he, and he really really does know his stuff and you can give him any piece of music and he can go okay that you know it needs a bit more snare or add a bit more to that kick or add the rumble to the kick or, or whatever it might be and I think having somebody like that in your team is, is fantastic um and, and hopefully, you know, with, with the tracks that we get in, like you're saying, you know, even if it's not quite quite there yet, hopefully with that kind of expertise, we can get it to that standard and then we can get that track released. 
And then from that then, it encourages people, it motivates people to make more music. And then it just grows and gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, that's that's kind of where your strengths lie is. You've managed to find the right people and it's not just throwing everything together. Well, uh, to a certain degree, obviously, when you started, you did throw everything together, but... He's have yeah. <laughs> carefully selected the people that you are working with and the people that you're putting in these positions, and I think it that's is the foundation, right? If the if the foundation shit, the house falls down. So, at the end of the day, by putting these people who having the confidence, put these people who maybe know a little bit more than yourselves in certain areas in the correct positions, then it's just going to set you up to win. And uh, and obviously, he's a he's a expanding and doing touching base with a lot of different things and i can even see there uh on the middle of your chest you are maybe going to be doing some sort of clothing line here shortly it looks sick so yeah. you'll definitely need to get me some of that stuff sent over um that is it's really cool stuff even i, I kind of again i was i was leaked into it a wee bit the other day when you were you were doing some of the promo stuff for it here that you have got lined up uh, for the coming weeks and months but um no, the, the stuff looks quality and it looks really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing where he's expanding to that as well and some of the other different creative ideas he's have got. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think we're coming up on the hour here. So we're just going to kind of wrap this up. I, lastly, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on here last minute. I know that we only really organised this on Sunday and you were like, do you know what, mate? I'll help you out. We'll, we'll do this and... and like there's there's no better project that i wanted to to kind of shine a bit of light on i know this podcast is mostly focused on the canadian artists and the people that are here in the prairies and attracting attention but i think uh this this is one that fits into what i'm doing because you have similar ideas and similar uh similar principles at the core of it and obviously we've been friends for years and i know all the people that you are working with over there and i think by allowing people to see that it's not just within Canada that these things are going on and these big cities that it seems to be everywhere that is kind of having the same problems and there's always a growing scene. I think that's going to be something that's going to allow us to uh, continue to attract more people to it, uh, to what we're trying to do here. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's all music, isn't it? And it's all people trying to do the that's same it. thing and uh, it's a passion and it all stems from obviously Detroit and Chicago and these places where everything get kicked off. It was all about inclusion and everybody getting on with one another. So I mean, why does why does everything have to be like Scotland against the world, Canada against the world? If we can get people yeah. from all over the world all on the same page, I mean that's that's really what you're aiming for at the end of the day, isn't it? No, hundred percent. I think you know. As we've, well, as we've discussed already, I think even though we're in totally two totally different places, we're doing a similar thing, you know. And I think it's really really cool the way. It's funny at the same time, you know, that that's like what are the chances um, that we're, we're trying to do a, a, a similar thing. And I think it's just a case of seeing what seeing what happens, you know, letting it grow. And I'm really really excited for for us both of us to to see see what happens in the next couple of years. And I think there's unlimited potential, you know. The the, the product that you've got is fantastic. I love the whole idea behind the podcast and I know it's, it's becoming more kind of mainstream now, which is which is great. And the way even and we've chatted about it and I've said to you, like the, the setup you've got is, is, is awesome. And I think you can get more of these artists on and even the few artists that you've had um, already have been fantastic and really, really good dialogues that you've started. Especially love the one, the, the first one you've done with Nathan because it related so much more to me. 
but there'll be other ones out there that people go i can take a piece of that and hopefully just your audience gets bigger and bigger bigger and bigger and i hope that's the same with us you know and it will be there is a limited potential it'll just grow and grow and grow and it'll get bigger and bigger i'm looking forward to the the opportunity that we're going to have once uh, we obviously the covid restrictions are lifted and i can have people in here because i have put a lot of time and a lot of effort into building this studio and i think that uh there's going to be something that'll be really cool once we can get people in person and I don't have to do this in Zoom. Obviously, I appreciate everybody taking time to speak to me on Zoom, but at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to get everybody in the one room and uh, create something that's that's fun for everybody to listen to, you know, shoot the shit and have a few drinks and a laugh and kind of tell some yeah. stories and everything else. But yeah, I have no doubt that both of us are going to, are going to be successful in what it is that we're trying to do here and uh honestly i wish you are the best and everything you're trying to do um if you just want to lastly tell everybody where they can find you what kind of projects you have got coming up what to look for the flow's yours yeah cool so um so yeah so close contact uh, it's run by myself and uh daniel anderson daryl simpson's helping us out with our record label and um, got a couple of other boys helping us out um so thank you very much for to those guys for, for sticking at it and and kind of having our back um so yeah, where to find us? So we're on Close Contact TV. We're trying to stick with that with everything. So Instagram, Close Contact TV, uh, YouTube, Close Contact, Facebook, Close Contact TV. Just stick there, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, next kind of couple of months, more sets, more mixes on SoundCloud. Uh, kind of a bit of clothing as well. There's a bit of an exclusive to the podcast as well. Nobody knows go. about this. I knew yet, I'd so. get something uh, out of you, Dan. You're still yeah, sweating yeah. at home. You're like. <laughs> We've made it well. We've made it about an hour. He's. Uh, I've done. I've done all right. He'll be. He'll be on the phone. Like as soon as this is finished, he'll be. He'll be on at me. Once this. <laughs> once this is done, I'll, I'll maybe keep you on here, and I'll just press you a wee bit and find out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't leak in. Save, save that clip. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think the, the hoodies and stuff are going to be going to be cool again. It's that. It's that extra way to engage with people. And, uh, obviously you know you boys over there have got kind of great fashion even the the kind of fed blunt uh fiac the t-shirt you're wearing absolutely absolutely love it but that kind of thing you know simplistic it's all organic con try to be really really kind of high-end premium stuff um stuff that's you know the t-shirts that we've got you can wear at a festival or a rave you know it's, it's all good good comfortable stuff um, the hoodies are, are really cushy. Like I'm actually buzzing to get this stuff out. Thank you very much to Elliot Skirk and, and Shannon for uh, his girlfriend Shannon for um, you know, filming, uh, getting some photos and doing a bit of filming with us the other day. So yeah, that that'll probably drop actually, hopefully this weekend or next weekend. Um, so it might kind of tie in with the release of this this podcast. Uh, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. And yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. Definitely will. I'm sure it'll be it'll be brilliant and I'm looking forward to getting sent all my close contact TV clothes. Yeah, Maybe yeah, get that sure. worn in the next few weeks of the podcast. But yeah, yeah, we need to do a wee, uh, a wee advertising and get some stuff. So I, yeah. I got you. Just set, send it my way and I'll I'll transfer you and we'll be sound. Um, but for yeah, sure. no, thanks very much for uh, doing this for me. I really appreciate it, mate. You're an absolute legend and I'm buzzing for when everything's open, we can get you back over in Regina here and we can do some collabs and can travel back and forward because i'm sure we're both going to be busy and both going to be have lots of stuff going on so everybody should just stay tuned um so just thanks very much everyone for tuning into this week's podcast uh if you haven't already check out the mixes that we've posted on soundcloud friday here is going to be a mix by steven that we're joined with today uh, if you haven't already check out the past two weeks and the past two weeks prod podcast 
Uh, I just want to say another big shout out to everyone that's shown support and uh, been with us throughout this journey for the first three weeks. It's, it's been brilliant and the feedback's been brilliant. Um, so if you're not already, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube uh, at wavelength.radio. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud and just keep up to date with everything that we're going to have going on. So uh, thanks everybody and God bless. Real talk.